those who we cry out to the one who restores broken hearts who refreshes tired spirits who makes all things new let our faith and hope be born again today help us to let go of the past stop looking back and turn our eyes toward you we are here today in full acceptance of who we've been but also in hopeful expectation of who you're shaping us to be let your love work in us so you can better work through us we stand ready ready to embrace all you have for our lives ready to do your will ready to witness the wonders of your mighty hand ready to share the redeeming love the perfect grace the life-changing salvation you have given us so today we lift up our voices in praise to the one who washes away our failures who wipes away our fear and doubt to the almighty god makes all things new. Good morning. Stand with me. Let's sing together. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. In the middle of the mist, 
Jesus, we lift you up right now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this life that you've called us into. We pray that you'll be with us today. You've promised that you'd be here, and you are. So God, open our hearts and minds, and may we be ready to receive all that you have for us today. Amen. All right. I haven't done this in a long time because Danny usually does this, but let's sing this out with him. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my truth till I met you.
Emma, let's go back and do that chorus one more time. As we come to prayer time, I'm so thankful for the God that we serve. take a seat. Um, as we come to a time of prayer, I want to share just a little uh, encounter I had this last week. I met with a guy who used to be a pastor and left it to be uh, kind of what I, I feel called to was business as mission, being in the workforce to really interact with people. And he told me a story about in the office, a few of them were meeting and a woman came and she was an atheist, but sat in there with them. And in this time afterwards, she said, I don't know what it is, but I know now that Jesus is real. And she said, what's next? And he said, nothing. He didn't know what to say. Um, But he realized that Jesus had spoken to her. And it was a huge wake-up call for him as he was reminded that Jesus still speaks to us. And he realized it was a blessing that he had nothing to say because it kept her believing that Jesus will still speak to her. I want you to look real seriously inside right now. Do you believe that Jesus still speaks to us? I think a lot of people don't believe that. Or maybe never experienced it in the first place. I've gotten to places in my life where I've forgotten that Jesus can still speak to me. Like, I've got to go to Scripture only, and what was said there, that's it. But you know what? Jesus still speaks to us. This, this narrative of Scripture is living, breathing. It is ongoing through our lives, and Jesus will still speak to you today. But we have to be willing to receive it and hear it. So as we intentionally, together, uh, speak to him, Be reminded that Jesus still speaks, still wants to speak, maybe still is speaking to you. And it just takes us saying, all right, God, I need to be open enough to do this weird thing of letting you speak to me in a a spiritual way, which we kind of forget about that things are spiritual, not just the physical of this world. So let's go to him. And uh, I'll tell you, I sure don't have this figured out, but my journey of being renewed and listening to a living Jesus is, is happening again. I need guidance in my life more than ever as I seek to follow him. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you today confessing our need for you. Without you, God, I know personally there is no meaning to anything. You have, given, you have given meaning to all that I have in my life. You've given meaning to the losses. 
to the winds. But Lord, you are the reason to everything right now. And we need you to speak to us. We need renewal in our lives. And Lord, our city, our county, state and country, our world needs renewal. Renewal. We, Lord, we need to see your kingdom. And not just the small kingdom that we're living in, but see your kingdom as a real kingdom that you're bringing forth, that you want us to participate in, that you want us to be warriors in. So Lord, speak to each and every one of us here today. Let us know in no uncertain terms that you love us and speak to us directly, Lord, because we need it. And as I know every heart in this place is longing for you. Bring us together as a community to hear you as a community like we've never heard you before. Father, we wait for you. And we just, uh, we know you've got a great adventure planned and already in the works. And we just are seeking you right now and want to hear you. We praise you in all things, Father. Amen. Thanks, Jason. Um, hi, guys. It's good to see you. You braved the elements, and I'm freezing still. I'm hoping that the adrenaline starts kicking in. Um, We are so grateful that you're here. Um, One of the ways that when when Jason was talking about how Jesus speaks to us, um, sometimes he speaks to us when we are in community with each other. And so as we talk through some of the things that are coming up in our church, I want you to think about how much we need each other and how much community really does help foster um, this posture of listening to Jesus because we get to watch how other people can connect with God um, and with each other. So one of the first ways that we uh, need you to connect with us is with this cool QR code that we have. So I think that you can point at it. Um, I think even from where you are, it should connect. Uh, But go ahead and click on that because that's going to take you to a connect card that's online. When you do this, you are going to start getting information about how you can further connect with us and with each other. There's also a place that you can sign up to get texts from us. If you're like me, text is the only way to connect with me, just about. Um, Email occasionally, um, but a text message that says, hey, I emailed you, I'll go check my email. (laughs) So are y'all like that? Yeah, and I don't answer my phone. I'm sorry. I'm afraid of the phone for some reason. Um, So go ahead and click on that, fill that out. And we will connect with you. Um, The next thing, uh, we're going to receive offering pretty soon. But I wanted to share with y'all a little bit. I can't share too much with you. But we have a connection with um, a sweet young mom um, who is connected through our CR group. and, And we've known her for quite some time. And uh, this was a hard week for her. Um, She was a victim of domestic violence this week and had to go in for surgery and is out of work for 12 weeks. She is a single mom and has to provide for her kids and for her home. 
And so we want to be a blessing to her during this time. So as you give, um, our good neighbor offering is going to go toward her. So just put good neighbor offering as you give, and that's going to go to uh, this young mom um, that we want to help because I just can't imagine, right? So pray for her too. You don't need to know the details, but you do need to know that we've got people in our community. Um, Everybody has their stuff, right? We all got our stuff. And we can smile and and put on a, a good face, but a lot of people are hurting right now. And so we want to be a blessing to her and to others as we are given the opportunity And then finally, we have lots of opportunities right now, y'all, for you to be connected to each other. Um, We've got some some Bible studies, you know, our Wednesday night Bible study. We've got Mike and Lisa who are starting their small group. We've got our Sunday morning Sunday school class um, led by awesome Ken. Um, But then we also have something that I really want you to perk your ears up for. Occasionally, we offer something called the compass class. And it's called the Compass Class because we want us to all know the direction that we're going. And we want to be going in the same direction, right? And so this is our class that you learn about our church, you learn about the Church of the Nazarene, um, and then you also learn about yourself and how you can engage with this community and give of the gifts that God has been so um, generous in giving you. And so we want everyone to go through this class, even if you've been a part of this church for a long time. It doesn't mean that you are necessarily going to decide, hey, I want to be a member of this church, but you got to know, like, who you're a part of, right? And so we want everyone to go through this class. So we are offering this the last two Mondays of this month. So from, I think, 6.30 to 8 on Monday nights, I think starting the, Garen, I don't know, 23rd, um, the 23rd and the 30th. So we're going to have that here. Um, And so please, plan to come. It's going to be a wonderful time of connection with each other um, and with this church that we call home and that we love so much. So that is the announcements in a nutshell. I talk too much. I'm sorry. Will you stand with me? We need each other. And um, and I'm so grateful for the connection that I have with you guys because you show me Jesus all the time. Thank you for that. Um, the peace that that I have just from knowing you is a gift to my soul. And so this morning, as we extend peace to each other, we don't do this just as a rote thing. We do this because we believe that we can have peace with God. We believe that we can be complete in him alone, that we can experience wholeness in Christ. And out of that, our relationships are affected. Out of that, we can have complete and whole relationships with each other. And so this morning, we get to practice that. We get to practice because we'll go out to, to extended family and to friends and to coworkers. Man, if we can get it right here, we have a good chance that we'll be able to live that out in other places. And so this morning, 
let me be one of the first to say to you, may the peace of Christ, may the wholeness and completeness of Christ be with you this morning. Thank you. Please extend peace to each other, and I'll meet the kids in that back corner. And sorry, I like to tell stories back there. Well, as we uh, come to offering time, a couple of things. What, what Jen said about helping this this young lady and her kids and family, um, I, this is a really good one to give to. Um, situation is tough. Uh, some of you may even know them. But here's the other side of it. Her, her husband, who did this to her, is a guy that many of us know. And 
as I was saying earlier, God can deliver us from our sins. Now, for the kind of stuff, many of it, my my first reaction is uh, not forgiveness for this guy. You know, some guys I see some heads like some dads out there like, yep. But God's ultimate goal is redemption of every single one of us. Now, there are some factions of Christianity that think there are some chosen, some not chosen. I don't believe that. I cannot find anything of that in Scripture. God's goal is the redemption of every single one of us. From who you see to be the worst to who you see to be the best, same goal for everybody. That Not one is forgotten. Not, not one is left behind. So this guy who has been jailed, might he find redemption? Might our prayers... And then our actions later on match those words that we're saying and we work towards redemption. That this place might be made whole again. That's God's intention. So as we uh, come to our time of offering here, let's talk to God about how He wants to use us as offerings. Uh, You guys understand the term offering, right? It's a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice that God is asking from us in our life that Helps his kingdom be furthered. But also, when you sacrifice, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to drop any names. I'm not one of those preachers that says, if you give, God's going to give back to you. I don't, I don't think it always works like that. You give because God says, give. And it's good for you to give. And you may not understand why, but God wants us to. And be participating in offering of our lives towards his, his ways is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So let's pray. Father, we praise you. We thank you for your blessings. I thank you for the hard times, God, that have taught me things. I thank you for the trials that brought us to where we are today. And Lord, I pray that we might be speakers, ambassadors of your love, your redemption, the one that heals wounds, and that one... You're the one that changes the hearts of those who abuse. God, we long for your ways, your kingdom, that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We long for that more than anything, Father. And might we live, practice, offer, sacrifice, receive exactly how you want us to. We praise you in all things, Lord, as we follow you. Amen.
Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. I was in a sermon given at the Washington National Cathedral, March 31st, 1968, by Dr. Martin Luther King. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. It's a quote given four days before Dr. King's light would be snuffed out. So today, if you're visiting with us, this is going to be a little abnormal. Just go with us. If, if you're regulars with us, you know every week is abnormal, so uh, just don't tell the visitors. Today is the second Sunday after Epiphany. And, and in the church calendar, basically for the next few weeks, we focus a lot on the concept of light started on Christmas when the light of the world came to us. And it continues on through our passages for the next few weeks. There is a theme of light. Light. Last week, Pastor Jen talked about um, the wise men that came because they saw the light from the star. Today, we're going to be talking about a passage in Isaiah And I don't have any words for you because I want you to hear the words. You're welcome if you have digital Bibles and you can see them. This is about as light as it's going to get. But you're welcome to pull up your Bibles. Otherwise, I want you to hear the word of God today. So we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 49. We're going to talk about the first six verses and... We're going to break this into four basic sections. So we're going to work through each one and see what God wants to say to us today. The first section is God's calling. And we find it in verses 1 through 3. Hear the words of Isaiah. Listen to me, all you distant lands. Pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth. And from within the womb, he called me by name. Now, maybe this sounds familiar to you, or at least it sounds like, well, at least it probably sounds like something that could be true, right? I mean, we still believe that. I mean, we're all here. There are no accidents. God has ordained that you exist. And we're not the only ones that think that, and this isn't the only passage. Um, Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before, um, this is God speaking, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. David, the psalmist in Psalm 139 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. So we understand that God is still in the business of creating people with purpose and with calling, right? I can't see you, so you're going to have to be vocal, yeah? Okay, good, good, good. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how this is going to look on the live stream. It's going to be pitch black for 20 minutes. Isaiah continues, he made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword, and he's hidden me in the shadow of his hand and like a, like a sharp arrow in his quiver. And he said to me, you're my servant, Israel, and you will bring me glory. Now, just a couple of things to note. The servant finds his identity in being used for God's glory. His words are sharp because God's made them sharp. He's like an arrow in God's quiver. Note that he's not the one aiming. He's not the one pulling back the bow which gives it its power. He's only the instrument that God is using to fulfill God's purpose. He's God's servant. In the same way, you and I are being called by God. We believe we're created to fulfill God's purpose and to bring God's kingdom here and now. And let me just tell you, there are no useless arrows in the quiver of God's grace. You are here by design. You are made for God's purpose. Amen? So I've asked a couple of friends to come help me kind of... uh, explain this passage um, visually. So if, if you can make your way here, if you can, don't stumble. Oh my goodness. Hello, lawsuit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look at that. So we believe that we're created for a purpose, right? That that God has made us. Now, now we're not the candle. We're the instruments that God uses. It's the light. Jesus is the light. Well, and Jesus says that we're the light. But it's his light, right? We're called to bring the light to the world. Right? You get that? You see it? All right, good. Thanks, guys. Let's give them a big big round of applause. Great job. Look at that. Amazing. Amazing. The first section is about God's calling, and it's in verses 1 through 3. The second section of this passage, cards on the table, toughest part of the passage. This next section is what I would call wasted opportunities. It's in verse 4 that we find the response that the servant gives to God who has said, I've called you. I want to use you. You are a sharp arrow in my quiver. I'm going to make your words my words. And this is how the servant responds to God. Verse 4 says, but I replied, but my works seem so useless spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hands. I will trust God for my reward. Church, this is a level of honesty that is rarely seen. 
my works seem useless. I've spent my strength on nothing. Can you imagine being that honest with God? The servant realizes that God's put a purpose to his life and the servant confesses that he's fallen short. The servant has focused more on himself than on his purpose and his calling. He's focused more internally than he has externally on others. The servant has been successful at accomplishing nothing. His works. So I need my volunteers again. Come on up. Don't they look nice? You, you can see their face in, in the glow of the light, can't you? It's like you can, you can see you know, the light shining on them. Good-looking group. Wow. The light of Jesus is shining on them. Awesome. Okay, thanks, guys. But when it's said and done, let's be honest. Most of us shine our lights here at church and then we go back into the darkness. We go back into our daily routine. We go back into our normal life. We go back into our normal jobs. We go back to our families. We go back to darkness. We have no problem shining and being the light here. But for some reason, when we cross that threshold, we seem to turn off the light. We compartmentalize our God and we compartmentalize our calling. And God wants me to be a good Christian here, but I mean, in the real world is where real things happen. They look nice up front. Didn't they look nice? They look great at being the church. We know the songs. We know how to open our Bible to the right passage. But then we go back and we sit in darkness. Self-inventory time. Are you ready? Is this me? Is this you? Is this us as a community? Have we squandered our opportunities to be the light? It's as if we're carrying the candle in our hand but refusing to turn it on. Uh, We've got it in our back pocket, and if we have an emergency, we'll turn it on and ask for God's help real fast. But most of the time, we're happy just carrying it in our hand. Refusing to turn it on. When we all gather together, we light it up for Jesus, and it looks awesome. It's fun. Then we go back to our jobs, our neighborhoods, our friends, our places that are filled with darkness, and we hold out our candle in their presence in the darkness. 
is this us? Just in case we're not on the same page and we're not tracking with Isaiah, let me clarify. If you haven't introduced someone to Jesus in the past year, it's you. If nobody has asked you, what makes you so different? How come you don't handle things the way other people do? If nobody has asked you why you're different than the rest of the world, guess what? It's you. If you haven't intentionally discipled someone, they might might not even know they're being discipled, but you are systematically introducing them to God's grace and you're teaching them about Jesus. If you're not doing that intentionally, yeah, it's you. And before you think I'm just beating up on you, I confess to you here, it has been me. It's a lot easier to play church than it is to be church. And we do a great thing here, and I believe that if people come in here, they feel God's presence and God's peace, but if we're not taking it into the darkness... We're just playing church. I confess I haven't been as bold as I need to be. I confess I haven't shared and and invited as much as I should. My question to you today is, are you ready to be honest where you have been? Are you ready to join me in being honest with God the way the servant is honest with God. Confession is the only way for us to move forward back into God's purpose. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray. I want us to stop right now and then we'll finish the sermon. We'll come to the table, but I want us to stop right now because unless we tackle this right now, The rest doesn't really matter. If you find yourself in the place of God's servant, I want you to come down to the altar. That's where I'll be because I am just like that servant. I've been called and yet I find that my efforts have not been all that God wants. I want you to join me. I want you to move and join me at the altar. If you say, I can't kneel, my back, my knees, my whatever, I want you to come and stand here and join me at the altar. If you say I can't do that physically, I want you to stand where you are. I want you to raise your hand. If God is telling you that there is more that you can be doing and you're ready to confess that you haven't been doing all that you can and you're ready to say, God, lead me to that next right thing, I want you to join me. God's self-inventory is horrible. 
hate self-evaluation. I hate it on the job. I hate it in the church. I hate it when I have to still myself and take inventory of my life because I'd rather just keep busy and move on to the next thing instead of take care of my house. God, I'm not saying that I don't love you. I'm not saying that I'm not trying to live a godly life. I am simply confessing that there is more that I can be doing and I am squandering opportunities. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It means that I'm coming face to face with the reality that you want more, that your kingdom is advancing faster than I'm moving. And God, I confess that that's not what you have for me. You have a calling and a purpose on my life and on our lives and on the life of this church. And we have not lived up to your calling. God, I pray for forgiveness. I pray for a renewed vision and a renewed effort. And God, I pray that you will help us to be light, not just here on Sundays, but that on Thursday mornings and Tuesday evenings and at our fall parks and at our everywhere, God, you are intersecting our lives with people in darkness all the time. Jesus, are we being your light? Pray that you will help us to see opportunities. That's the first step. God, make us aware of the opportunities. And then I pray that you will give us boldness to take advantage. It doesn't mean that we beat people over the head with you. It means that we love them into the kingdom. It means that we share your light with them. God, forgive us. God, I thank you that you have something for us and we confess that we haven't always lived up to that but we're ready to now we are ready 2023 is a new year a new moment and this is the time that you are elevating us and raising us up and you are sharpening us and you are ready to pull us out of your quiver and point us towards darkness so that we can be light jesus we're ready we love you amen Amen. I love you guys. God has great things in store for us. I want you all to stay here. Uh, My light people, come on back. Because now we're on the third section. This is where God reminds the servant, after the servant has confessed, God says that there is still hope. I love that word hope. Ah, I love that word hope. I love it so much. It's on our marquee. There's hope for all, right? We believe that no one is beyond hope. We believe that the light of Jesus can shine upon anyone and that God has called you and me to be the agents of reconciliation. There is no plan B. It's us. We are to carry the light to God. So, y'all, this is what it says in verse 5. And now the Lord speaks. The one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him, the Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. So, you five, as representatives of the church, individually and collectively 
Let me just tell you. You are formed by God. You are commissioned by God. You are honored by God. And your lives will be given strength by God. Go. Be light to the world. Here's an application. We're called to remember our identity. We're formed. We're commissioned. We're honored and we're given strength by God. This is where our hope is found. And that leads to the fourth movement in this passage. And this is where God not only says, you haven't lost the opportunity to be the light. You are still the light. And I'm not only making you the light to the nations, to Judah. I'm making you a light to The nations, and this is what he says in verse 6. You will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the end of the earth. God not only forgives the servant, God expands the servant's calling. No longer for a few. God's light is now for everyone. God's love, God's grace is given to all of us. What could our world look like if we listened to the words of Isaiah today? How could Port Orange, Daytona, Deltona, Deland, New Smyrna, Titusville, everywhere around us, how could it look for the kingdom of God if we would take the light to them where they are in their darkness and be light? Now, just in case you think this is just an Isaiah thing, let me tell you what Paul says when he's talking to the church in the New Testament. He's writing to the Colossians, and he says this, God has given me the responsibility. You can insert you. God has given you the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. That's you, that's me. And this is the secret. You ready for the secret? I always love a good secret. Here's the secret. This is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you the assurance of sharing his glory. Mm, I love a good secret. Paul continues, so tell others about Christ. I don't think we can make it any more plain than that. We are called to tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. Hear this. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and I struggle so hard depending on Christ's power that works within me. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And in case you're like, well, that was just Isaiah. Oh, well, that was just Paul. He was a good guy. Let me just give you the words of Jesus. 
And we went through this a year or so ago when we were going through the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Not you should be light. Not wouldn't it be great if you sometimes were light. Not don't act like light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under their basket. We're not called to light our lights here and then turn our lights off when we leave the building. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone won't say you're great. So that everyone won't say, wow, they've got it all together. No, it says so that everyone, everyone that sees you will give praise to our Heavenly Father. Because we're not light to bring glory to ourselves. We're light to bring glory to God the Father. I've been reminded this past week of the frailty of life. My heart and my prayers go out to the students and teachers of Spruce Creek High. Life is fragile. You never know how close someone is to the end of their life. Our days are numbered. God's word says that. But I don't know my number. Only God knows my number. And I'm guessing it's probably the same with you, which means we have to take advantage of every opportunity to be the light of Christ in the lives that are struggling with darkness. Look around you. You are the light. can't squander our opportunities we can't squander our time people need to see the light piercing through their darkness and if we don't shine god's light into their darkness they may never know the hope that we claim to have time for being casual is over church the time for being timid and sharing our faith has to end The world needs the hope that we have. We started on January 1st with Proverbs 16.3. Commit your works unto the Lord, and then your plans will succeed. Your plans will succeed because your plans are God's plans, because you are committed to the Lord. I feel like God is calling us to a renewed commitment this year. Pastor Jen continued it last week. If you missed it, you missed it. She preached on rollerblades. You recall she talked about our need to be flexible and find a new balance with some spiritual disciplines that will help us through this year. Now on this third week, 
in January, I'm telling you, I'm imploring you, be light. Be light here. We need you. There's something about us gathering together that does something for our souls. But we've got to do more than be light here. It's not a switch that we flip off when we leave this building. We've got to be light to the world. We've got to get past the mindset that we are saved for ourselves. That's a great thought. But scripture tells us that we are saved to bring God's kingdom, which means we usher in God's light into our darkness. We are saved just as much, if not more, for others as we are for ourselves. got to get past the mindset that it's all about us. We're just arrows. It's his quiver. His, it's his bow. Let's be light. During these first five weeks, we're pushing towards a commitment that we want you to make for the rest of this year. Tell you what, what if in 2023 we decided to be all in for Jesus and be light? I'll give you an easy out. If, if 2023 ends and you say, wow, that's horrible, I feel like I shouldn't have been light, you don't have to be even 2024. And I can say that because I know that's not going to happen. What if we would commit one year to God? Everything we have, everything we are, everything we do, everything we say, everywhere we go, every interaction, every meal, every family member, every awkward Thanksgiving, every, every, every. What if we were to commit to be light? I think we'd be amazed at how much light can spread in a year. Jesus, I see a room full of candles, and I love it. But what we need is a city full of candles. I pray that you will help us to take this lesson and apply it to our lives. I pray that this, Holy Spirit, I've been talking, but chances are you've been saying completely other things or embellishing or adding things or subtracting things in the hearts and minds of people that are listening right now. And that's awesome because that's what you, that's what you do. And we want to hear from you more than we want to hear from me. But Holy Spirit, I believe that you're speaking to us. Will you give us the courage to step out in faith and take the next step that you're calling us to? And will you trust us, will you, will you help us to trust you for the results? 
we may step out in faith and crash and burn. That's not, we're not responsible for that. We're only responsible for being faithful and obedient to what you say. We may step out and a revival breaks out. God, may that be so. But even then, that's not because of us. That's because of your spirit. That's because of people encountering your son, Jesus. So we'll give you praise in all things because we're just the arrows. We're just the light. God, do something amazing in and through us. I pray this in your name, Jesus. I pray this through your power, Holy Spirit. I pray this to you, our creator God, who formed us and commissioned us and honors us and gives us strength. Amen. probably works better if it's on. Well, we're transitioning now into a time where we're celebrating communion and remembering the work that Christ did for us and, and how that light gets shed uh, throughout the world for us. And so um, if you believe in Christ, if you want to believe in Christ, we invite you to come to the table this morning to partake in communion. Uh, just by way of direction, if you will make your way from your seat to the center aisle over here, and we'll make our way back that way. We have the elements all prepared for you. We have the bread and the juice. The bread is the symbol of Christ's body, which was broken for you. At that last supper, Christ took the bread, he lifted it up, and he said, this is my body, which will be broken for you whenever you eat it. Remember me. And similarly, he took the cup and he lifted it up and he said, this is my blood which will be shed for you. As often as you drink, remember me. And so this is a time of remembrance of the work of Christ uh, in our lives, whether it's happened sometime in the past or if it's the work of Christ is happening in your life this morning. Uh, we invite you to come and partake.
Do stand with me. So I, um, I know a couple people ask, well, what do, what do we do with the lights now? If you want to take one as a reminder to you to be the light, take one with you. I, I want you to, to have it with you at your desk or in your home or in your car or whatever. Um, and then I have another challenge for you. Every week when we light the Christ candle, I want you to remember what's happened here today. Remember your calling to be light. Okay? Well, if you've been visiting with us, we sing our benediction. Uh, that's just how we roll. Wow. I don't say that very often, do I? <laughs> so, uh, if you're regular, sing it out with me and... Uh, Let's sing together. We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Go in God's peace to be God's light. We'll see you next Sunday.